Welcome to the BTR Show podcast and happy Labor Day, everyone. Uh, my name is Mario, and this is your week one Big Ten football recap show. All right, so this is just going to be a quick podcast every Monday morning recapping the weekend that was in the Big Ten. Uh, Josh and I are still going to be doing our end-of-the-week podcast. So that's not going to change, and I'm sure he's going to have uh, a lot to say this week based on some of my predictions that didn't quite pan out. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, right off the bat, first impressions, number one, this was a great week for the Big Ten, and it should have been. No marquee non-conference matchups. Overall, a pretty easy schedule for the Big Ten. Uh, I did have some concerns going into the week for Purdue. If you listened to our podcast from last week, Josh and I both thought if there was one team that should be on upset alert this weekend, uh, ironically, it was the spoiler makers. Uh, Fresno State's a good team, and unfortunately, they were able to pull off the upset. Uh, But we still got to give some credit to Purdue. Ryan Walter stepped in there and had a nice head coaching debut. Uh, This team was good under Jeff Brom. I think they could be even better under Walters. I think they're going to take significant steps forward over these next few seasons on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, And look out for Hudson Card. First game is the Boilermakers QB. This kid's a playmaker. Uh, Threw for two touchdowns in his debut. I'm excited to see what he does this season. This loss was not on him. Their defense gave up 39 points. They got to be better, uh, especially when they get to their Big Ten schedule. Another guy I'm excited to watch this season is Tanner Mordecai, Wisconsin Badgers QB. I had him ranked third before the week started as far as Big Ten quarterbacks go, just behind J.J. McCarthy and just behind Talia Tungavailoa. I don't think it's crazy to say that he might surpass both those guys this season and be the number one quarterback selected for the All-Big Ten team uh, by the end of the season. He's really good, and paired along with Luke Fickle and Braylon Allen, I think this offense is going to look really nice this year. Uh, Gone are the days of Graham Mertz. Uh, I think we're going to see this offense put up points this year. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see them lose games anymore when the defense gives up, what, 17 or, or 20 points. They're going to be able to score, uh, and it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and we'll get into Mordecai a little more later on. There were a few other quarterbacks as well making their Big Ten debuts, and, and just about everyone delivered. Uh, already talked about Hudson Card and Tanner Mordecai, but Cade McNamara making his debut for Iowa looked good, threw for two touchdowns, spread the ball around which is something we didn't see much of from them last year. This offense already looks so much better than it did last season. Uh, Drew Aller stepping into the starting role at Penn State also looked really good. And we saw Kyle McCord for the Buckeyes. Not bad, but not great. Uh, I don't think it's really what we expected from him. Uh, But it's only his first game of the year. Uh, He's got plenty of time. Jeff Sims coming over from Georgia Tech, making his first start for Nebraska. Didn't get the win, threw a few picks, but he's got potential. Uh, There's going to be a lot of talent at the quarterback position in the Big Ten this year. I'd love to see it. Another thing that caught my eye this weekend uh, was just the sheer volume of points that were put up. There's going to be some showcase offenses in the Big Ten this year. I know the perception of Big Ten football is usually slow, methodical, ground-and-pound offenses, and rarely do you see any kind of down-the-field vertical passing attack, with the exceptions, of course, being Ohio State and Purdue. But that's not the case anymore. We saw Michigan put up points this weekend. Wisconsin, Maryland, Purdue, Penn State, Illinois, all put up 30-plus points. All of these teams have very capable offenses, offenses that I think can compete with and go toe-to-toe with just about anyone else in the country, USC, Georgia, Alabama, whoever. It's going to be a fun year to be a fan of the Big Ten. And obviously we know which teams are going to be good this year, right? In the East, you have Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. In the West, it's Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, maybe Illinois again this year, especially with that defense. I'm not counting them out. 
But I think it's going to be real interesting watching these second-tier teams in each division. There are teams here that are capable of shaking things up. We just saw Maryland put up nearly 40 points. That's a really good offense. If they can keep uh, Tonga Vailoa healthy, they might surprise some people and take that third spot in the East. We'll see. And it wouldn't shock me if Minnesota or Illinois are right there at the end of the season competing for the West Division. It's definitely going to be an interesting year. Um, And then we did have uh, one big shocking result this weekend, uh, and that was Iowa outscored Ohio State in their respective games. I didn't want to pass that over, uh, but we'll get into both those games later on. Uh, And then the last thing that kind of stood out to me watching these week one games. Uh, Josh and I have talked about this on previous podcasts. I'd put this group of Big Ten running backs up against any other conference right now. Let me just run you through the list real quick. You have Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards at Michigan, both NFL prospects combined for over 100 yards and a touchdown this weekend. Uh, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams at Ohio State. Again, both potentially NFL prospects. Ohio State went for close to 150 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns against Indiana. Braylon Allen at Wisconsin, NFL prospect, went for 140 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Nick Singleton's going to the NFL as soon as he's eligible. Uh, the two of them combined for 120 yards on the ground uh, and, and a touchdown. Devin Mockaby at Purdue, Roman Hemby at Maryland. This conference is stacked across the board from quarterbacks to running backs, solid defenses. Love to see it. All right, so let's get into some of these games. Starting off Thursday night with Nebraska at Minnesota. Uh, starting out the year strong, Gus Johnson and Joel Clad on the call for Fox. Debut of Matt Rulf at Nebraska. Uh, neither team had a ton of returning production from last season. Minnesota gets the win here. They were the favorites, but like I said last week on the podcast, I thought this was going to be a close game, and it delivered. Kelly Kamanis looked good for Minnesota at quarterback. I'm trying to remember what Gus Johnson called him. I, th- I think it was the Greek superstar. Uh, not sure about that one, but... I did like that he looked comfortable in the pocket. He used his feet when he needed to, uh, and he he has some good weapons there on the outside. Daniel Jackson and Corey Crooms are going to have really good seasons for the Golden Gophers. Uh, And then for Nebraska, uh, Jeff Sims looked okay. He threw a few picks, took too many sacks, but I'm willing to cut him a little slack. First game at quarterback for Nebraska, first game in that Matt Rule system. He did rush for nearly 100 yards. Uh, I think he's going to end up having a pretty nice season. Uh, like I mentioned, though, Minnesota got the win, 13-10 to 10 on a last-second field goal. Low-scoring game, but it didn't lack excitement, at least in my opinion. It was a fun game to watch. Uh, I just felt like Nebraska got in their own way too many times, four turnovers and seven penalties. Uh, and then you could tell that Minnesota was trying to figure out in real time how to accommodate for the losses of Mo Ibrahim and John Michael Smith and both their starting guards from last season. But I have faith in these teams. Uh, and, and I think that they will both be fine as the season goes on. Uh, from there, we move on to Friday night where we had Central Michigan at Michigan State. A slow start for the Spartans. This is a team that needs a spark. Uh, things haven't gone great for the Spartans lately. I don't know, but I, I just I feel like there's some pressure here on Mel Tucker now. Uh, Michigan State wins big in this one, 31-7. It didn't look that way for a while. Only 17-7 heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, Credit, though, to Noah Kim. First game starting at quarterback for MSU. Started out slow, but had a really productive second half. Two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Nathan Carter looked good running the ball over 100 yards and a touchdown. They've got a week now to figure things out. They have Richmond next week. Uh, They should be big favorites in that one. Uh, Then they have a top 10 team in the Washington Huskies coming into East Lansing. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, From there, we we go to the noon block of games on uh, Saturday, starting with... 
East Carolina at Michigan. Uh, this one went exactly how we expected it to go. This was a beatdown, and it should have been. Uh, even without their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, and their offensive coordinator, Michigan won handedly here 30-3. to uh, Their defense played terrific. The defensive line didn't record any sacks, but they generated a ton of pressure. The secondary played really well. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, they did something that we did not foresee last week. They let J.J. McCarthy cook. Uh, they let him throw the ball. That was nice to see. He went 26 for 30, nearly 300 yards, three touchdowns, spread the ball around, hit eight different receivers. Roman Wilson caught all three touchdowns. Cornelius Johnson looked good. Colston Loveland looked good. Uh, look, for, for Michigan to beat not only the top teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, or Iowa, whoever they might meet, should they make it to that Big Ten championship game, they have to pass the ball more effectively than they did last season, just, just in my opinion. Uh, and it was a good start here uh not the best day on the ground for the wolverines however but still uh, it was nice to see blake quorum back and healthy uh, rushed for over 70 yards and scored a touchdown donovan edwards uh, only 16 touches for the day i think as the season progresses we'll see a lot more of donovan edwards really good start to the year for the number two ranked michigan wolverines uh, next up was utah state at iowa Iowa got the win, 24-14. Uh, first game with Cade McNamara at quarterback, highly touted transfer from Michigan. Uh, I like what he did here, threw for two touchdowns. He's a significant improvement from last season when they had Spencer Petrus under center. Uh, I think he gives them a lot more options in the passing game. I would love to see Brian Ferentz, their offensive coordinator, finally start to open things up, and maybe he will as the season progresses. We'll see. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they obviously lost a ton of talent from last season. Uh, Jack Campbell, Lucas Van Ness, Riley Moss. Uh, their number one corner going into the season, Jamari Harris, was inactive for this game. Noah Shannon, one of their top defensive linemen, was out as well. But they still got to be better on defense going forward. They got outgained through the air and on the ground. You can't only beat Utah State by 10 points and expect to compete for a Big Ten West title. Uh, I'd like to see them get a little more aggressive on defense, like what we saw from them last year. And on offense, I'd love for them to open it up a little more. Um, after that, we had Fresno State at Purdue. Uh, talked about this one earlier in the podcast. Unfortunate loss for Purdue, 39-35. They played really well on offense. Surprisingly, they didn't look good on defense. And I say surprisingly because Ryan Walters is a defensive head coach. That's where his bread is buttered. So for them to give up just shy of 500 yards to Fresno State is tough. Uh, on a positive note, I was very impressed with Hudson Card. 250 yards through the air, two touchdowns. He looked comfortable. I thought he played well. Uh, where they struggled in this game, and it's the same reoccurring issue that we saw from them last year. They had issues running the ball and consistently picking up yards. Uh, Devin Mockaby is a good running back. He shouldn't only be getting 16 touches. They were ranked 105th in rushing last year. It's not good. Uh, they got to be better if they want to win some games and try to get to bowl season come the end of the year. Uh, after that, the 330 block of games kicked off with Ohio State at Indiana. We got the debut of Kyle McCord as the Buckeyes QB. I will say I was a little off in my prediction here. I thought we were going to see a lot more from this Ohio State offense. I believe I even predicted that McCord would uh, would match uh, C.J. Stroud's debut back in 2021 and throw for four touchdowns. I was a little off there. Um, Ohio State get, did get the win, though, 23-3. to But the offense just wasn't there all day. Uh, McCord wasn't bad, but he wasn't good either. 239 yards and a pick, no touchdowns. Uh, Travian Henderson rushed for under 50 yards. Mayan Williams rushed for under 30 yards. Ubuka was limited to only three catches for 16 yards. Uh, the best receiver in college football right now, Marvin Harrison Jr., was shut down two catches for just 18 yards. 
The offense looked sluggish. They were lackluster. It is a far cry from the team we watched go head-to-head with Georgia last year in the playoff. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of Devin Brown next week against Youngstown State because something's got to change on offense. This did not look like the number three team in the country. Uh, On a positive note, though, uh, the defense for Ohio State played really well, held Indiana to under 100 yards passing and under 100 yards rushing. They have Notre Dame in a few weeks. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Up next was Buffalo at Wisconsin. Luke Fickle's head coaching debut for the Badgers, debut of Tanner Mordecai as Wisconsin's QB. Uh, The two guys that really stole the show here, though, were Braylon Allen and Chez Malushi. These guys popped off. Malushi went for 157 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Allen went for another 141 yards on the ground and two more touchdowns and added seven receptions on top of that. Uh, a little shaky for Tanner Mordecai. I obviously think he's going to get better as the year goes on. Uh, Chamir Dyke caught a touchdown. Uh, unfortunately, it was his only catch of the day, though. I think they got to get him a little more involved in this offense. He is so dynamic. Uh, it was close for a while there, um, but Wisconsin really had a big second half, got the win 38-17. to uh, It'll be a fun game next week. They're at Washington State, and if you remember, uh, Wisconsin was big favorites last year against this Cougars team, and Washington State was able to pull the upset. Uh, This is a chance for Wisconsin to redeem that loss. Personally, I think they're going to do it. Um, I'm a fan of this hybrid air raid smash mouth with running the ball down your throat offense that they're running now. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch next week. Uh, And then lastly for the 330 block was Towson at Maryland. Uh, Maryland won big, as we expected them to, 38-6. It could have been more. Uh, Maryland started pulling their starters in the third. Congratulations to Talia Tonga-Vailoa. First ever Maryland quarterback to surpass 8,000 passing yards. That's impressive, man. Um, Threw for three more touchdowns in this one. I think he hit nine different receivers. He also rushed for a touchdown. Uh, I keep saying this, but if they can keep him healthy this year, Maryland's good enough to upset someone. They got all three of the big boys from the East this year, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan in that order. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat one of those guys if they can stay healthy. And then the defense is playing phenomenal as well, almost as good as their offense. Dating back to last season, they have not given up a touchdown in three straight games. Uh, If there's one thing they got to improve on, it's the pass protection, but that's just a minor nitpick. Uh, Overall, great win for the Terps. Excited to watch them this year. Uh, And now we get into our two night games from Saturday, starting out with West Virginia at Penn State. Uh, This one really excited me. I've been high on this Penn State team for a while now, and they made me feel a lot better about me picking them to beat Ohio State this year. Penn State got the win, uh, 38-15, to uh, and let's just start out with the obvious. Drew Aller uh, checked all the boxes Saturday night, 325 yards, three touchdowns. I'm moving him up two spots in my MPI rankings. I had him ranked fifth among the quarterbacks in the Big Ten. In my opinion, he just jumped Cade McNamara and Tanner Mordecai. I got him third now behind J.J. McCarthy and Talia Tungabailoa. He was awesome. Uh, of course, the running backs were fantastic. Uh, Singleton goes for 70 yards and a touchdown. Catron Allen goes for 50 Uh, But what really impressed me with this offense was that it seems like they found their number one receiver. They found a number one target for Drew Aller. Keandre Lambert-Smith, over 120 yards receiving, two touchdowns, averaged 30 yards a catch. That is huge for this offense. I think when I checked at the end of the third quarter, they were outgaining West Virginia 405 yards to 198. Uh, Penn State's got a lot of momentum behind them right now. They capped off last season as the Rose Bowl champs. Uh, They come into this season ranked in the top 10. I have no reason to believe they're not going to run through these first two months of their schedule with ease. Uh, And and it's going to be real interesting come October 21st, Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State, Penn State. Literally cannot wait for that game. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, we had one more game on Saturday, and that was uh, Toledo at Illinois. 
This one was way closer than it should have been. Illinois gets the win 30-28, to and credit to them for fighting at the end of the game and not giving up. Uh, they got a field goal with a few seconds left on the clock. Should not have come down to that. Illinois is way too talented. I get it. Toledo is a good team. They won the MAC last year, but still, Illinois has one of the best defensive lines in the Big Ten this season. They're a really well-coached team. Brett Bielema has done a wonderful job there these past three seasons. A solid receiving core led by Isaiah Williams. Uh, Luke Altmaier making his debut at quarterback for the Illini. I thought he played really well, uh, not only with the two passing touchdowns, but led the team in rushing as well. Look, they have a tough schedule coming up. They have Penn State in two weeks, uh, Maryland and Nebraska back-to-back right in the middle of their schedule, and, and then they got Iowa near the end of the year. I get it. They lost some key pieces from last season, Chase Brown and Devin Witherspoon. But they're too good to need a last-second field goal to beat Toledo. I'm pulling for them. Uh, let's see how they look next week versus Kansas. Um, and then to close out week one, we had Northwestern at Rutgers. And not a big surprise here. Uh, Rutgers won comfortably 24-7. to uh, look, look, the strength of this team is and has been their defense. Uh, they did bring in Kurt Scirocco to call plays on the offensive side of the ball. He was really good at Minnesota last year. It's still a little too early to tell, though, with this Rutgers offense, but they have Temple next week, Virginia Tech after that, and then Michigan. They're going to be tested these next few weeks. Uh, let's see if they hold up. And as far as Northwestern goes, uh, it, it's going to be some time before they get back on track. I know we live in the age of the transfer portal now, but... I still think it's going to be years before the Wildcats are competitive again in the Big Ten. Uh, I picked them to win one game before the season started. I'm going to stick to that. Hopefully I'm wrong, but we'll see. All right, so to stick to the tradition that we started last year, I'm going to be awarding my game ball for week one. Uh, And there were quite a few guys I considered here. I, I was thinking about giving it to one of the quarterbacks. I thought about J.J. McCarthy, Drew Aller, Talia Tungavailoa, all three guys had a really nice week one game. Um, I was thinking about some of the skill position guys. Keandre Lambert-Smith was fantastic for Penn State. I thought about Braylon Allen at Wisconsin. However, the guy I ended up going with actually plays on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going with Tyler Newbin, defensive back, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, Gus Johnson mentioned it several times on the call Thursday night. Newbin's more than likely going to be a first-round pick next April in the draft. Uh, He showed you why in this game. He controls that secondary, uh, and he had two picks. One of them to seal the game for Minnesota is Jeff Sims and Nebraska were driving down the field to win it. Tyler Newbin, he's getting my game ball for week one. Uh, And now we have a segment um, I'm going to try to commit to doing uh, each week at the end of the podcast. No promises, though. Uh, This is a segment that my co-host, Josh, came up with last season. We're going to call it Around the World of College Football, Uh, and I just have some quick notes uh, from the things I saw over the weekend. Uh, Number one, starting out Thursday night, it sounds crazy, uh, but maybe Utah's a sleeper for the college football playoff. I don't know. Uh, Probably not, but they looked good. They beat a solid Florida team without Cam Rising, their starting quarterback. They were ranked 14 coming into this week. Uh, Wouldn't shock me if they're a top 10 team before the month of September is over. Uh, Number two, the Colorado Buffaloes. This was the game of the weekend without a doubt. If you didn't see this game between Colorado and TCU, go on YouTube, watch the highlights. It was amazing. Uh, Deion Sanders obviously knows what he's doing, and he's keeping receipts, according to him. Uh, Sanders at quarterback was remarkable. 500 yards passing and four touchdowns. Uh, Travis Hunter was amazing. Uh, Played both sides of the ball. Uh, 11 receptions for over 100 yards, and he had what might end up being the interception of the season. Uh, They beat number 17 TCU 45-42. Really impressive stuff from Colorado. 
going to be an interesting game next week when they host Nebraska. Uh, and then lastly, uh, this came out right before the weekend kicked off. Uh, the ACC officially voted to invite Stanford, Cal, and SMU into their conference. The expansion continues. These mega conferences are going to be a real thing next season. Uh, and this is pretty much the end of the Pac-12. Uh, I am curious to see what the future of the Rose Bowl game is now. Um, as you know, typically it's played between the champion of the Big Ten and the champion of the Pac-12. So very curious to see where that's headed in the future. Um, but, you know, all these teams are kind of just following the money. I'm not a fan of it, but I understand it. And with that, I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, thank you, everyone, for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. And thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe on Spotify or whatever platform you use. Uh, leave a rating for the show. That would really help us out. You can follow us on Twitter at BTRShowPod. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you guys next time.